the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. I hope you had a good weekend. really do. In the course of 2024, that might be a little tougher each weekend, (laughs) as we're in for uh, uh, quite a, uh, let me put it in an innocuous way, an adventure this uh, year. It's... if If I could, I really would love to know what the division in America is, pro-Israel, pro-Palestinian, which at this point is indistinguishable from pro, pro-Hamas. You can lie to yourself, oh, I'm pro-Palestinian, but not pro-Hamas, but the Palestinians are pro-Hamas. But people lie to themselves uh, regularly because they don't want to confront what they actually believe or do or advocate but I would like to know what the real division is. I have no idea, to be honest. But I read, I read this. Pro-Palestinian protesters vandalize Los Angeles War Veteran Cemetery. Not far from this uh, studio from where I broadcast. Pro-Palestinian protesters defaced the Los Angeles National Cemetery on Sunday. And, uh, th- now, now, this is from National Review. Will, will the Los Angeles Times report this? Take yeah, a look. I think they will. Take a look if it's reported. Uh, uh, it, 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 uh, I understand. It may not be. What is today? Today's the 8th. It's uh, more than 80,000 veterans of World War One, World War Two, the Vietnam War, and more are laid to rest. Protesters spray-painted Free Gaza on the entrance to the memorial and chanted, Long live Palestine. There is only one solution which is a perfect phrase, since the final solution was the Holocaust. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Perfectly fair acknowledgement that they want Israel extinguished. Biden, Biden, you're a liar. Hundreds of protesters held signs that read, Ceasefire now, stop bombing Gaza, end the occupation now, stop the genocide. One sign read, Zionist equals Nazi. Zionist equals Nazi. A lot of Christian Zionists. Are they Nazis too? Zionist equals Nazi. Yeah. Nothing on the LA Times. Nothing on the homepage. LA Times homepage. Wow. This will be a very, very important thing to monitor. Will the, will the Los Angeles Times report on this? California Congressman Brad Sherman said on X, more proof that the people who hate Israel also hate America. 
That's right. The people who hate Israel hate, hate Western civilization. But so many in the West hate Western civilization that they have a lot of allies. It's, it's the left and the, uh, that part of the Muslim world, which is a big chunk, I'm sorry to say. And it's Shiite, which is Iran, and Sunni, which is Palestinian. It's, it's, quite, it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. Now, the question is, do they think that it, it helps their cause? I don't have an answer to that either. You would think that it, more people would be incensed when they close down highways, bridges, airports uh, uh, in the name of their despicable cause of this extinguishing Israel, you would think that it would create some degree of hostility, but I don't know if it does. To face a veteran cemetery, from a secular standpoint, there is nothing holier than that. There may be things equally holy, as it were. But uh, that, that's that's pretty that's pretty holy ground, a veteran cemetery. I would love to know it. I would love to know if these are leftists or the children of Muslim immigrants. I assume it's a combination, but I'd like still like to know the ratio. As I said at the time, and of course got the usual uh, hate for it, but. I can't say that it makes me lose sleep. When we allowed vast numbers of people into the West from the Middle East, we imported the greatest degree of anti-Semitism since the Nazis. That's it. I said it at the time. It wasn't exactly a tough call. But people, and people knew it. I, I don't know, it's interesting. Did people, how many how many people right of center knew it was true and how many people left of center knew it was true? I have a feeling that the right of center knew, knew it better. Free Gaza. Wow, what a, what a slogan. Hmm. Israel did free Gaza. What was it, 2007? What was that the year? I think it was five, but let me check. It could be seven. And, and uh, what they did... As Douglas Murray has said, Gaza could have been a Singapore of the Middle East. Beautiful beaches and collaborating with Israel in tech, they could have had... 2005. 2005. They could have had something beautiful, but the they're not interested in something beautiful. They're interested in killing Jews. In Toronto, a, a Jewish uh, deli was... Uh, was set on fire. Did you know that? No. Let me let me let me get this because uh, Toronto is really uh, it's a scary place to be a Jew, and I and I I, I get very rarely scared. But uh, I have three examples here, and 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 the the amazing thing is that the police in Toronto do nothing, absolutely nothing. One policeman actually brought coffee to a... Did you see that? You saw that one? Okay, let's see here. Okay. So a Jewish-owned deli in Toronto was set on fire. 
This is CBC Light. What's light about it? Fire graffiti at Jewish-owned business targeted being probed as hate-motivated, Toronto police say. Say it's a hate crime unit is investigating a fire at a Jewish-owned grocery store that was also spray-painted with the words Free Palestine. I love this next line. Police say the fire is being probed as suspected hate-motivated arson. Well, at least they suspect it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this the. I wrote forty years ago that the, the, the lie about anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. Some Jews on the left perpetrate that lie, and they they because they want to believe it. The people who don't believe it are the anti-Zionists uh, in the uh, Arab world. That, that's the that's a fairly relevant. God, the, the I'm telling you, truth is the issue. Truth and courage are virtually uh, twin brothers, because it takes courage to face the truth, and it takes courage to tell the truth. Between truth and courage, the amount of evil on earth would be reduced so dramatically that we would think we were living in paradise. It's the world of the lie, the world of the left, and lies have taken over much of the Middle Eastern Muslim world as well, Arab world. They don't believe, uh, the amount of lies is so so horrific that many do not believe that October 7th took place, that Israel made it up. Well, there's uh, nothing you can say to these people. And here is another uh, thing from from Toronto, sent to me by Dave Gordon in Toronto. The mayor of Toronto is a woman of the left. Toronto is a completely woke city in a virtually completely woke country. So while she's talking at a the annual skating event in Toronto, uh, the, uh, pro-Palestinians are, are walking around her chanting, screaming, and uh, showing the Palestinian flag. The, nothing, there is nothing that won't be uh, interrupted. These people have a cause, destroy Israel, kill Jews, and they'll, they'll tell it to the world with pride. I uh, read every word of the president's speech in Pennsylvania this weekend. It's scary. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. So what sets these companies apart and who can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion, my choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins claiming they appreciate more than gold and silver. What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich 
and his team at AmFed always have my back. He's been in this industry for over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. Here's a country that is behind the attempt to annihilate Israel and create another Holocaust, Iran. From the Daily Telegraph, Iranian woman whipped 74 times for refusing to wear a hijab. 33-year-old was charged with encouraging permissiveness after several Tehran outings. Roya Heshmati, 33. You know, she didn't even wear a head covering on her way to prison. See, this is a hero. She should be the man of the the person of the year. Excuse me. An Iranian woman received seventy four lashes for refusing to wear the hijab, defying the strict dress code, even as she was taken to be whipped. Seventy four lashes. I mean, I, I could see that necessitating hospitalization. I could see that creating scarring. Roya Heshmati, are you going to put the put the article up on my website? It's a beautiful woman. Your heart breaks. I mean, if she weren't beautiful, my heart would break too, just for the record. But uh, I do have eyes and I report what I see. Roya Heshmati was charged with encouraging permissiveness after appearing unveiled on several occasions in the capital. Is it unveiled or no head covering? I'm curious. You have to wear you have to wear a veil in Tehran? I think they got this wrong. Her penalty of seventy four strokes of the lash was carried out in accordance with the law and with Sharia, that's that's Islamic law. And for violating public morals, the judiciary's Mizan online website said late on Saturday. Ms. Heshmati was also reportedly ordered to pay a fine of 12 million rials, rials of the Iranian currency. Do you know how much 12 million rials is? 225 pounds. You realize... They should reconfigure their currency. (laughs) Go to the grocery store, you you spend millions of rials. How's that for depressing? The convicted encouraged permissiveness by appearing disgracefully in busy public spaces. Yeah, they were wrong about the the veiled line, the telegraph. They They have to be careful. It's a good paper. All women in Iran have been required by law to cover their neck and head. Shortly after the 1979 Islamic Revolution. Whippings for breaching the dress code are uncommon, although officials have increasingly cracked down on those defying the rules. After the practice surged during anti-government protests that began in late 2022. 
The mass demonstrations were triggered by the September 2022 death in custody of Masa Amini, a 22-year-old Iranian Kurd, arrested for an alleged breach of the Islamic Republic's strict dress code for women. During the protests, female demonstrators cast off their headscarves or even burned them. Yeah, they killed a woman for not wearing a head covering. As the lashes struck my body, I whispered, In the name of woman, in the name of life, dawn will come. BBC Persian quoted her as saying, Well, well, by the way, it's very interesting she didn't do in the name of God. What Iran has produced is probably the highest percentage of atheists in young people of any country in the world. The the percentage of young Iranians who are atheists might be greater than in Finland. My wife and I were in Australia. Why were we there? Well, I guess I was there to give a speech. Why do I go anywhere, basically? And we had uh, we we were going to go to the Sydney Opera. We did go to the Sydney Opera, but prior, either prior to or right after, we sat outside at a beautiful cafe, and a beautiful waitress. Uh, came over to our table, and we began talking to her, and I asked her where she was from. She said, Iran. I said, are you Muslim or Christian? And Because a fair number, or, or Jewish, I think I even added Jewish, because there are a lot of Iranian Jews outside of Iran. And she said, well, I was born Muslim, or I was raised Muslim, but I'm an atheist. When religion is presented as despicably as it is in Iran, as a source of evil, it is. Religion, see, I, I'm quite in the middle here. The end of religion in America is the end of America. The end of, of religion in Iran is not the end of Iran. It would be a renaissance for Iran. Circumstances determine things. If you kill a person while robbing them, it's murder. If you kill a person while defending your family, it's self-defense. I would love to see more secularism in Iran, and I would love to see more Judeo-Christian religious life in the United States. Not, I don't believe that's complex. My bottom line is what is good what promotes good to think that the my god basically for the last 2000 years the west has given women more rights than iran does today we return
Dennis Prager here with a man I have come to admire for his work. So when I asked him, what do you do? This is the title he gave, Wealth Architect. Very simply put, I am a wealth architect that helps my clients accelerate the way they grow your wealth. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. The Internal Revenue Code is embedded with a number of things that you can take advantage of. It's what I call playing tax chess. We take the time to play tax chess in your favor. We tend to give our clients unbiased, independent advice across all areas in their financial life because we have no incentive to sell anything. We can't just take your information, say in February or March, prepare the returns and say, oh, these are the things you should have done. It's too late. You need to meet with me now. Because oftentimes, after the close of the calendar year, some of the strategies that we implement in your financial life can't be implemented retroactively. You have, in fact, saved me a serious amount of money. Head to charlesdombeck.com slash Prager to schedule your meeting today. Did you see the New York Times piece on Lodapo, Dr. Lodapo? Citing, this is the, this is, what is interesting is not just the substance of the piece, but it gives you an idea of how New York Times, the New York Times, makes no distinction between news reporting and opinion. Here is the headline. Citing misinformation, Florida health officials, you, you get it? Citing misinformation. The New York Times, that's not an opinion, that's a fact, like the earth is round. That's the reason I'm bringing you this uh, this piece, to give you an idea of how the left-wing media report, and then the people who rely on them think that they're getting truth. Citing misinformation, Florida health officials call for halt to COVID vaccines. Federal health officials and other experts have repeatedly sought to counter erroneous comments about the vaccines by Dr. Joseph Ladapo, Florida Surgeon General. Where was he a professor uh, at UCLA of of what, epidemiology? What was his, his, look up what his field was. I've been with him a number of times. He's a remarkable man. He is literally African-American. He, he, either he or his parents came from Africa. Florida Surgeon General on Wednesday called for a halt to the use of COVID vaccine, citing widely debunked concerns. You get it? it? It's debunked. The New York Times knows it's a debunking. There is nothing dangerous about COVID vaccines. My wife and I keep a list of just publicly reported deaths, sudden deaths of young people, uh, many of them athletes, who just drop dead. And they never know why. person was perfectly healthy, usually a, a terrific specimen of health, and they just drop dead. I'm not saying the COVID, the COVID vaccine kills vast numbers. I don't know what numbers, but it's not a little number either. But is that reported in the New York Times, or has that been debunked? Is that misinformation? Was it misinformation when people said open up the schools because kids are not at risk? What was the New York Times writing then? I'd love to go back. 
to that period. See what they're they're reporting on the people who spread misinformation that kids should be in school. Wasn't that misinformation? Wasn't that widely debunked? The damage the left and the New York Times included, but especially teachers unions did to children, doesn't mean a damn thing to teachers unions. They don't care about children. They delude themselves into thinking it. They care about children as much as the communist parties care about workers. Okay? There is no distinction morally. The Food and Drug Administration said on Wednesday that it had not identified any safety concerns related to the sequence of or amount of residual DNA. Right, but what about any safety concerns regarding the vaccine? Does the, does the FDA identify any of those? In March 2022, Dr. Ladapo released guidance advising against healthy children receiving the vaccines. I beg you not to give your child this vaccine. Despite studies showing that the vaccines are safe and effective at all ages. That, that is a New York Times report. Really? It's safe and effective for a three-year-old? Effective and safe? This is the New York Times. This is the way they report things. And the New York Times readers, I, I went to the comments. Every single comment agreed with the New York Times. There wasn't one dissenting. The brainwashed masses who, who rely on the New York Times for news, they're brainwashed. This is proof. There are no safety concerns regarding the COVID vaccine for children. They state that as fact. And the suckers who subscribe to the New York Times, and I do, by the way, but I'm not a sucker. Not everybody who subscribes to the New York Times is a fool. But most are fooled, really dangerously fooled. This is an example. I'll give you another example of how the New York Times attempts to uh, influence its readers. Now, I'm going to ask my producer, who knows me really, really well, what do you think I looked for with this article in the New York Times? Ready? Ten standout marriage proposals. Spoiler, they all said yes. Here are some of the sweetest, funniest, and most heartwarming ways that couples who wed in 2023 asked, Will you marry me? What do you think I looked for? He got it. Uh, Sean, would you please come in and, and give Alan a kiss? He's not even budging. You know, it's unbelievable. It's hard to find good help these days. So they have 10 couples. 10 couples. Sweet stories. Uh, you know, funny and sweet ways that one of them said, will you marry me? 
of the 10 couples, five are male-female and five are same-sex. Oh, is that the ratio you, you would have expected? Well, you guessed that that was the issue, yeah. So you have to understand that gays are about 3% of the population. Straights, as they say, or heterosexuals are about 97%. Let's say it was 5%. Fine, 5%, 95%. But not 50-50. But the New York Times has an agenda. And the agenda is to normalize as best as possible or undo the male-female marital perception or ideal in Judeo-Christian life. That's it. Five heterosexual and five homosexual couples married. It's not an issue of whether you are for or against same-sex marriage. This has nothing to do with that. It has to do with honest reporting. If I mean, to, to, I'll give an absurd analogy. Let us say the New York Times piece was, here are some of the sweetest, funniest, most heartwarming way couples who wed in 2023 asked, will you marry me? And all of them were Albanian Americans. You would wonder... I mean, we have nothing against Albanian Americans, obviously. But isn't that a little skewed? It's a very small fraction of the country. But this is a perfect example of the New York Times agenda being part of the way in which they present virtually any story. I mean, there are stories that you can't have an agenda. Although, by and large, I could figure out an agenda. If you if you gave me five stories and say, Dennis, pick a left-wing agenda that the New York Times could promote through that story, I would do it. I'll give you an example. Let us say the New York Times had a story on a an endangered species of bird. Um, uh, McConnell's uh, red-beaked sparrow. (laughs) You know what they would do? They would report, which is happening, that the ornithological association, the bird association, is now changing... Dozens of names of birds because they they are offended by the person named after. William Penn's statue is being brought, taken down. Man, man who was so ahead of his time in giving rights to, to all religions in America. And it's being taken down because he was a slave owner. Between the left and the Islamists, there's a very good chance that America and the West will not survive. If you deny it, it is because you 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 want to uh, lie to yourself because it's an uncomfortable truth. Most truth is uncomfortable. 
That's why people read the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Los Angeles Times and listen to NPR so that they could live in their cocoon of skewed news. Yep, ten standout marriage proposals, five same-sex couples. Uh, I have no problem with the New York Times reporting if two of them were. Let's say one lesbian and one gay men. But 50-50? That doesn't... Isn't... I'm sorry. Isn't the whole point of the New York Times and the left to have people proportionately represented? Right? Blacks are underrepresented and, and, and so on and so forth. Jews on the left... I'm a Jew, and I'm saying this to you. Jews on the left are remarkably self-destructive. They have gone along with the people should be represented proportionate to their population, percentage of population, which means Jews will be a very tiny percentage anywhere. Jews against merit. Yep. Leftism is suicidal. MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever. Just in time for Christmas. Get the Giza Dream Bed Sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All with the biggest discounts ever. They're all also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, for as low as $29.98 and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I hope you had a good weekend, which I said the first hour as well. So I'm debating, do I say it on the third hour? Now, that's a, what does they say? A bridge we will cross when we get to it, correct? I think that saying has sort of died out. Sean keeps using the saying, a stitch in time saves nine, and I, I, I don't understand why he does that, because he never knitted. Remarks by President Biden on the third anniversary of the January 6th attack and defending the sacred cause of American democracy. I'll tell you, I said it was scary last hour. I didn't tell you why. It's scary that the people who are the greatest attackers of democracy, the left, accuse the right of attacking democracy. That's again Stalin calling Trotsky a fascist. Trotsky, along with Lenin, the leading communist of the Russian Revolution. My wife, 
who IMs me and has been for decades, every show, makes an interesting point. An interesting and, shall I say, not happy. How many young people, she writes, know who Stalin and Trotsky were? I spoke in my synagogue, as I do every single uh, Saturday, the Sabbath, unless I'm on the road. So virtually every Saturday, I give the talk, or one of the talks, but I give the, the, the talk during the service itself on something related to God, Torah, the... It's the Torah is the central, as I, as I point out, the Torah is the Jew's vehicle to the Father, as Christ is the Christian's vehicle to the Father. The analogy is quite accurate. That's how holy the uh, Torah is to, to believing Jews. There are secular Jews, there are no secular Christians. If you're secular, you're not Christian. Christianity is a religion, Judaism is a people and a religion. Has its big benefits and its big downsides. But it is what it is. And I spoke about this week's portion. Jews divide the Torah into essentially 52 readings for 52 Sabbaths, and then read read the whole thing again. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And there's one of the most brilliant lines. It is as brilliant and as uh, as classic a line as to be or not to be. This is the Torah's to be or not to be. And there arose a new pharaoh over Egypt who did not remember Joseph. Joseph was the Jew who had saved Egypt from famine and been appointed to oversee feeding all of Egypt by the Pharaoh. So it's a classic story of a Jew rising to the highest position in a non-Jewish country and doing immense service to the country, literally saving its life. But then a new Pharaoh arose who did not know Joseph. And I spoke about memory. Do you know that I had on my show, I wonder how many of you listening remember the show, because this is a long time ago. This was a long time ago. I read about this man, and he came on the show, a man who had fallen on his head in some accident in his home, and he lost his memory. He did not know who his wife was. He did not know who his children were. I had him on the show, and he he said, for all intents and purposes, I died. When you have no memory, you are dead. And he's right. That's, That's precisely correct. You're dead. Your body lives, but you're dead. And I noted that that's what the left is doing to the West generally and to the United States specifically. 
it, one of the ways it is killing America, and it intends to, that they don't, they don't make, uh, they don't really most of the time deny it. They hate basically everything about America except its mountains. You know who said that? Marcuse. They asked, what do you like about America? He said, oh, the mountains, the lakes. Yeah. Yeah. What they're doing is destroying the memory. There's no memory. They, they know nothing about Washington, Franklin, Jefferson, Madison, nothing. All they know is they were slave owners. Was Franklin a slave owner? No. Right, all right. But they, they, they would lump, it doesn't matter. That's what they would think. But if they know anything, then they know nothing about Franklin. If he wasn't a slave owner, they don't know anything about him. So when I said Trotsky called, excuse me, Stalin called Trotsky a fascist, if they don't know anything about the founders of the United States, you can expect them to know anything about the greatest mass murderer in human history outside of Mao? Stalin? How many high school seniors can identify Stalin? let alone Trotsky. Oh, my God. I would be shocked if a quarter of Harvard students could identify Trotsky. But they can all identify Greta Thunberg. Eh? That's key. That's key. So when uh, the... What we have here is another example of the left Biden, a truly despicable man in my opinion. I never said this about any president in the 40 years I've been broadcasting. He, he is a corrupt liar. That's all he is in my opinion. I'm sorry to say it. It brings me no joy. But it doesn't matter. So you can dismiss my opinion of the man. But his demagoguery, his inaugural address was the most loathsome address given by a president at his inauguration in American history. It was loathsome. It was the most American-hating, divisive speech ever given. And he calls the right wing divisive. They all do. Divisive... I, I should I have to do another compendium. I did it 30 years ago in the Wall Street Journal. Defining terms used by the left. Divisive when used by the left means opposing leftism. That's what divisive means. So this is this is going to be his whole campaign that if you want to save democracy, vote for me. Vote Democrat. That's it. And vast numbers of Americans believe that. I read the article on this, and I read hundreds of comments of New York Times readers. Every single one. The threat to democracy posed by the Republicans, and specifically Donald Trump. He's a fascist. But he was already in office four years. We had so much more freedom of speech 
under Trump than we do under under the Democrats. Not to mention, so er, virtually every aspect of American life was better. When when the New York Times writes as it does regularly that inflation is way way exaggerated and they use the numbers given by the government you realize that the government inflation numbers do not reflect food or energy so they're a lie they're a gigantic lie the government numbers and it's not just this Democratic administration. I don't know when they dropped food and energy from the inflation statistics, but that makes the statistics a lie. His speech coming up. Okay, so the president gave a speech on the anniversary of January 6th in Pennsylvania at the Montgomery County Community College. Let's, uh, let's begin. This army that lacked blankets and food, clothes and shoes, Washington. this army whose march left bloody bare footprints in the snow, this ragtag army made up of ordinary people, their mission, George Washington declared, was nothing less than a sacred cause. That was the phrase he used, a sacred cause. Freedom, liberty, democracy, American democracy. Okay, that's the entry to the threat to democracy posed by the Republicans and Donald Trump. Continue, number two. Today we gather in a new year. Some 246 years later, just one day before January 6th, a date forever shared in our memory because it was on that day that we nearly lost America, lost it all. Okay, Today, hold on, we're hold here- on. That's a lie. Okay, it's just a lie. Most leftists believe it. Most New York Times readers believe it, even if they're not leftist and just liberal. But it's a gigantic lie. We didn't come close to losing America. I'll tell you when we've come close to losing America. By having everybody, no, not everybody, that's an exaggeration. By having vast numbers of people who differ with the left shut out of social media, kicked out of their jobs, shut down at schools. That's losing America, Joe Biden. January 6th, three years ago, was not nearly lost all of it. Okay? It was wrong. It was stupid. It was bad. But it it wasn't nearly lost America, lost it all. Continue. To answer the most important of questions, is democracy still America's sacred cause? I need it. You know how often he says, I mean it? By the way, that's very interesting. Uh, Okay, it's very interesting. Uh, I'll do a search on how often he says, I mean it. 
Do you ever say I mean it? I never say I mean it. It's a, I think it's it's psychologically done because he's lying. He knows he's lying. So he says, I mean it. Why do you have to say I mean it? And it, 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 Just a thought. Is democracy still America's sacred cause? Hmm. So the people who most threatened democracy in America, the left, with its attack on the greatest of all freedoms, free speech, they don't threaten it. You, if you're a conservative, do. And let alone one of the tens of millions of supporters of Donald Trump was what was the threat to democracy while he was president? Was it anything close to this president who by fiat does so much? Next, please. For the first time in our history, insurrectionists had come to stop the peaceful transfer transfer of power in America. First time. Smashing windows, shattering doors, attacking the police. Okay, I think it is worth noting that 99% did not smash windows, shatter doors, or attack the police. Just, just for the record, that, that is important. You know who did smash windows, shatter doors, and attack police? About half a year of riots in the name of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and other racist America-hating groups. Now, we didn't come close to losing America then, did we? Only on January 6th we did. But people believe it, because they want to believe it. Number four. He promised it would be wild, and it was. He told the crowd to fight like hell, and all hell was unleashed. Yeah, he told the crowd to be peaceful, didn't he? Didn't he go there? Fight like hell is a euphemism. Remember when, uh, when what, what was her name from Alaska? The, uh, Sarah Palin. She had said, put targets on the uh, on, on Democratic Bull- districts. Bullseyes. And she was calling for their being shot. That's what the, what's what the, the, the left-wing media said about her. Fight like hell. What, what football team isn't told by a coach to fight like hell? Is that, a, is that a call for violence? Next. Trump's claims about the 2020 election never could stand up in court. Trump lost 60 court cases. 60. Not one was heard, just for the record. Not one. Either a left-wing or a coward or both, sitting as a judge, never allowed the evidence to be brought forth in a courtroom. If I'm wrong, I will happily apologize. But I do not know of a single case where the case was even allowed to be made in a courtroom. They just dismiss it out of hand. So to say that he lost, yes, he lost in that he was never allowed to present his case. That's pretty important. The collusion of judges like in in Washington, D.C., left-wing judges with the left-wing media and the left-wing schools, 
That's a danger to democracy. Next, please. Since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. They're applauding. These are overwhelmingly political prisoners. This is one of the most disgraceful attacks on democracy. It is the left that's attacking democracy. The vast majority of these people were peaceful. Compared to the rioters, the BLM and Antifa and other left-wing rioters of 2020, these people were, were basically engaged in a Boy Scout picnic. Yeah, 1,200 people charged. That's the beginning of political prisoners, which the left always does everywhere. Truly ugly speech by the President of the United States. He has been a wrecking crew on this country from the first day until today. To look the American people in the face while allowing millions of people to come in illegally, while jacking up the prices of energy and food because of the staggering amount spent on green energy and collapsing regular energy, by depleting the strategic oil reserves of the United States because he doesn't allow for fracking or for drilling. And he has the chutzpah to, to say, oh, it's an existential threat. Everything's an existential threat, right? Yeah. Carbon dioxide is an existential threat to biological life. And Trump is an existential threat to democracy. And you know what? The same people who believe number one believe number two. And the people who believe number two believe number one because they live in a make-believe world. They believe what they were told in college, and they believe what they're told by NPR. So he boasts about how many people have been convicted for engaging in the demonstration on January 6th. They're now going after people who didn't even enter the Capitol, who were just outside trespassing. After allowing the the horrors of the 2020 fascist communist revolts in this country, which, by the way, were triggered by the death of George Floyd, which it turns out was probably overwhelmingly likely not a murder. That's right. It was, it was standard procedure in the Minneapolis Police Department to put a knee on the side of the neck of a suspect who wouldn't get into a police car. They don't die from that. But the New York Times and NPR and the other left-wing imitators of Pravda spread the word 
There's another black killed by a white policeman. And the people who hate this country revolted. Rooted in a lie. Number seven. Trump's mob wasn't a peaceful protest. It was a violent assault. They were insurrectionists, not patriots. They weren't there to uphold the Constitution. They were there to destroy the Constitution. Yeah, so here's a question. Between the people who were there that day, and I was not there that day, I didn't support it, but between the people who were there that day and the left, who, do you th- who would you rely on more to sustain the Constitution? The contempt of the left of the, for the Constitution even extends to many liberals. The late Ruth Bader Ginsburg told an audience in Egypt, I think they were considering a new Constitution, don't use the American Constitution as your model. What did she say? If I were writing a new Constitution, I wouldn't write the American Constitution. That has a lot of stuff they hate. Free speech that people can be armed, not just the state. The state is the greatest genocidal force in the history of the world. Every genocide, I mean real genocide, not what the left calls genocide. Every real genocide of the 20th century was created by big government. When the state is the only thing that has arms, it's a little risky Continue, please. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy. None. What did he say during 2020, during all the violence, nearly a year of violence in this country uh, on a scale we had never seen? That was acceptable to the left. That was acceptable to the Democrat, just for the record. That's another lie. It's a pure, this is as pure a lie as a human can engage in, that he believes that violence is never acceptable. The Democratic Party, including its liberals, accepted the violence of 2020. Oh, God. To hear this crap from a president of the United States is distressing. Dennis Prager here with a lying, vicious speech of a man who's president of the United States. My engineer says he had never heard anything quite as dishonest as that. The last line. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. After the left supported the violence of of nearly all of 2020. Kamala Harris raised money Kamala Harris raised money to get people out of jail. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. 
she is the uh, she's sort of Biden's insurance policy that he'll get nominated. I don't think he will, but she's next in line. Uh, Biden number nine. Trump began his 2024 campaign by glorifying the failed violent insurrectionist insurrection at our, on our capital. The guy who claims law and order sows lawlessness and disorder. Trump's not concerned about your future, I promise you. Trump is now promising a full-scale campaign of revenge and retribution, his words, for some years to come. They were his words, not mine. He went on to say he'd be a dictator on day one. Right. Was he a dictator for four years? Just out of curiosity, anything compared to all of the things that this man has done as a dictator? I want to. I want to take uh, you know, just if if he wants it, he asserts it. Especially on energy, as an example. Which president has been closer to a dictator? Not, not whom do you like, but if you can be honest, which president was closer to dictatorial powers? Uh, let's go to uh, number 10. He's threatened the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff with the death penalty. Okay, so I wanted to see that. I, I knew about that, that that's what they claimed. So he threatened the, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the military, with the death penalty. Now, unless you follow the news as avidly as I have to follow the news. You may be aware of what happened and you may not be aware or may be vague to you. Now, to threaten the death penalty means what? Let's take the words seriously. If I'm president and I threaten you with the death penalty, that means if I were president, I would seek your death, correct? Your judicial death. So here is what, in fact, is reported on that issue. Milley, that's the name of the general, spoke with Chinese counterparts in the aftermath of the Capitol protests to assure them that the United States was not under threat. The general later told Congress, by the way, that's bizarre as well, The United States, he called the Chinese communists to tell them we were not under threat? (laughs) How long did the whole thing take? A couple of hours? When did he call them up? While it was happening? After it happened? Okay. The general later told Congress that members, members of the administration were aware of the call. This is an act so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. The former president continued. That's what he said. In times gone by, it would have been punished by death. 
Do you believe that he is calling for the death penalty for General Milley? Or is it typical Trump hyperbole? But that's what your president now, Biden, says. He called for the death penalty for the general. I just wanted to tell you what exactly what was said. Next, please, 11. This is coming from a president who called, when he visited cemeteries, called dead soldiers suckers and losers. Okay, so let let me, uh, now, so he states this as if it's a fact. No one knows that this is a fact. No one. No, all I I want to be as completely honest as possible. I don't know if he said it, but there is not a shred of evidence that he did say it. There is an anonymous person who told the Atlantic, which has its own problems with honesty, that he said this in Normandy when he visited Normandy. But John Bolton, who can't stand Donald Trump, said the following. And this is reported to its credit in the Washington Post. I did a lot of research on this. I was very curious. This is the, this is the Washington Post. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton. I didn't hear either of those comments or anything even resembling them. I was there at the point in time that morning when it was decided that he would not go to Ain Marne Cemetery. He decided not to do it because of John Kelly's recommendation. That was his chief of staff at the time, who became a Trump hater afterwards. It was entirely a weather-related decision, and I thought it was the proper thing to do. Analysis by Washington Post. Bolton has particular credibility because he is a known Trump critic, having written a book, The Room Where It Happened, that depicts the president in highly unflattering terms. Even to the credit, got to give Washington Post credit. Bolton denies the president ever said it. And Biden, the egregious liar, who dwarfs the lies because his lies are significant of, of Trump says it happened. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager. I have been uh, playing excerpts 
from President Biden's vile, hate-filled speech on the anniversary of January 6th. The last thing I played for you was his statement, this coming from a president who called when he visited a cemetery called dead soldiers suckers and losers, remember that? We have zero evidence that he ever said that. The Atlantic, I would say to its shame, but it's so filled with shame that it, it's silly to even say it. It's, it's almost like, you know, accusing uh, an oil tanker of containing too much oil, which is very sad. It was once a serious uh, journal. And it, uh, you see, I don't understand people like Jeffrey Goldberg, who start out as liberals. See, don't they understand that they only end up preaching to uh, fellow leftists? Don't they want to have a, a veneer, a, a patina, is, or is it patina, patina? Of, uh, of commitment to truth? To quote one anonymous source as saying the president said of the soldiers buried on Normandy Beach in France that they're suckers and losers and then report that and then have Biden repeat it as if it is a fact. Remember that, he said. Even the Washington Post reports the number of people who were with the president who denied that he said it. (laughs) Well, look, half this country believes that the president called Nazis nice, fine people, right? You should see the video at PragerU, the Charlottesville lie. There are more lies told about Trump than Trump told lies. Let's put it that way. Oh, how perfect that the next excerpt is about truth and lies. Number 12. We'll defend the truth, not give in to the big lie. We'll embrace the Constitution and the Declaration, not abandon it. We'll honor the sacred cause of democracy, not walk away from it. Does he believe what he says? I mean, even his, I just, I, the, the tone, it doesn't matter whether he does. We will defend the truth. Oh, God. He just told a lie right before that. This is what I know for a fact. If truth were the dominant value of the society, there would be no left. There would be liberals. There would be conservatives. There would be centrists. There would be no left. The left from Lenin to the Democratic Party and NPR has never been devoted to truth. Never. Truth is its enemy. Truth is what they say it is. That is why the Communist Party paper in the Soviet Union was Pravda, which means truth. Truth is determined by the left. The Oregon Education Department has announced that there are no right answers in math that's racist. It's white supremacist. Is that true, that there are no right answers in math? Is it? Is it true that the America is systemically racist? Systemically? 
Why did four million blacks move to this country and tens of millions more would if they could, if it's systemically racist? Do men give birth? Is that true? Is the statement men give birth true or is it 100% a lie? 100%. Not 99, 100. Continue, please. America, as we begin this election year, we must be clear, democracy is on the ballot. Your freedom is on the ballot. The idea that this man and his party are the defenders of freedom? Oh, oh it, it, it's... <laughs> you could choke. <laughs> Liberty, liberty is as much a value to the left as, as truth. Uh, all the reports of the of the, uh, of the administration and, and of leading Democrats colluding with big tech to suppress dissent, truth, freedom. Anyway, because he has nothing to defend, no record to defend, all he has done is harm this country. And it's irrelevant whether it's him or any other Democrat. Any Democrat in office would be as harmful as he. That's why Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running on an independent campaign. He's left the Democratic Party. Whether you like him or don't like him, or you're ambivalent about him or not, he is a truth seeker. I 100% differ with him on global warming, but I have great respect for him. You think people saw the, the, the Democrats seek truth with regard to shutting down schools? Democracy is on the ballot. That's his campaign. That's it, to scare people into voting for him. Yes, you vote for the Republicans. What will they say if, if unlikely, there is another Republican candidate? Did you ever think of that? What, what will he say? It's so Trump-oriented, the attacks. Let's say Trump is not the nominee for, for, for whatever reason. Say it's Ramaswamy or DeSantis. Or Nikki Haley. Oh, and allow me, allow me, please, a tangential comment. At the current state of Republicans fighting one another, it is hard to imagine a Republican win, even if the elections are on it. At the current state of Republican and conservative thought, it's hard to imagine Republicans winning. I have long been associated with Tucker Carlson. He's done PragerU videos. I've been on his show. To announce that if if Nikki Haley is the vice presidential nominee, he will not vote for Trump, right? That was his announcement. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. If If there is any conservative voice that does not understand that virtually any Republican is light years better than the Democrats, 
then we cannot win. Because everybody has a Republican they don't like. Tucker doesn't like Nikki Haley. This one doesn't like Vivek. This one doesn't like DeSantis. This one doesn't like Trump. That's it. We can't win. Because too many conservatives don't give a damn about defeating the left. They give a damn about getting the guy they want in, in to run. And you know what? I don't understand it. I admit it. I don't understand it. Defeating the left is the greatest good that could be done for this country and Western civilization at this time. And I am in a minority, a minority of Republicans who believes that. I'm not pessimistic because the uh, we couldn't win we can't win the election we can win I'm pessimistic because too many conservatives and republicans don't understand what the battle is about the battle is not about Nikki Haley or Rawaswamy or DeSantis or Trump it is about the left and I don't get it I don't get it if it if there are others who say oh if it's Trump I won't vote for republican if it's not Trump, I won't vote Republican. Okay. Then we can't win. We have a chance to defeat the America-hating Democratic Party. And too many conservatives and Republicans have decided to fight the candidate they don't want. All right. That's bad. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. One of my favorite commentators in the country, Michael Barone, is on with me. Michael Barone is senior political analyst for the Washington Examiner, fellow with American Enterprise Institute. And he and I go back to uh, Woodrow Wilson's election, actually. when uh, That was the first time I had you on. Remember, Michael? Well, that's when he was elected president of Princeton University. Good one. Good one. You know, I... (laughs) I knew you would react well. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It was before the presidential election. I'm sorry. It was president of Princeton. Well, that was the that was the original sin, electing a college president. As as president of the United yes, States. Yes, as yeah. president of the United States, exactly. Well Well, we'll see about where the Claudine Gay candidacy goes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's very funny. Exactly. Michael Barone, really, uh, anything he writes is worth reading. And the latest is this. It's really a, a product of an original mind. Mental Maps of the Founders, How Geographic Imagination Guided America's Revolutionary Leaders. The book is up at uh, DennisPrager.com. And uh, you've got two of the great historians uh, lauding it, Gordon Wood and Andrew Roberts. And properly so, and needless to say, since you wrote it, I intend to read it. We'll get to that in a moment, if I may. I, I mean, it's not possible to have you on and not talk about uh, about some political issues of the moment. Uh, did you happen to, and I, I am totally at peace if you didn't, did you hear or read President Biden's speech in Pennsylvania? Uh, I have not read it in full. I've read uh, uh, about it, and I gather that... He's running for something called democracy, 
It reminds me that President Andrew Jackson, used the first Democratic president, used to refer to his political party as the democracy. But uh, I think he means it in a, perhaps he wants us to take it in a broader sense, even if he doesn't necessarily mean it that way. So I have been, uh, I, I uh, feeling a moral obligation to my listeners, I read every word of the speech. Uh, I, I am not... Uh, I am not masochistic enough to actually have watched it, but I did. I, I did, in fact, read it. And uh, I, I tell you, Michael, uh, when, when he says how much he's for freedom and the and his party is for freedom and the the opposition is against freedom and democracy. Uh, apparently, this goes over really well with the the, the whole Democratic capital D base do you think it will appeal to the centrist oh wow voting for Trump is a vote against democracy well I think he's trying to point up uh, some of Trump's defects or defects in the minds of many voters and uh, there's there are things to point to I think and uh, Trump's whole statements uh, that over the last several years that he really won the 2020 election and so forth, uh, represents to me a kind of escalation of the uh, attempt by Democrats to delegitimize his actual victory in 2016 with most elaborately the Russia collusion hoax. Uh, I regard these both as uh, variations, uh, as uh, violating norms of American political um, comedy and American political situations. So um, it may have some, it, it tests better than his economic program does. Uh, it tests better than that. It tests better than um, it might test if uh, people had more awareness of how the Biden administration went about uh, manipulating the um, Facebook and some of the other social media sources which have more of a stranglehold, Dennis, really on uh, information that gets to the general public than the uh, right-wing newspaper owners did in the days of Franklin Roosevelt, for example, or uh, if you go back to the years of Duff Green and uh, for John C. Calhoun and uh, Horace Greeley for the Whigs and the early Republicans. Um, you know, the, the Biden administration was successful in suppressing a large amount of news or uh, delegitimizing uh, the news in the case of the Hunter Biden scandal. So I think there are things to be disturbed about in terms of violation of basic norms and basic rights about the Democratic Party and about the Republican Party. And you can argue about which one is worse. Well, what would you suggest if you were were God? <laughs> I bet you've never been asked that before. But or if you were uh, an unquestioned emperor, who do you think would be the best candidate for the Republicans to win? I know I'm putting you on the spot. You don't even have to answer you're it. Putting me on yes. the spot. I had a friend one time that said, and I will slightly dismiss. Uh, clean it up. Uh, I just talked to God about what's going on, and boy, is she ticked off. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, the, uh, Fair enough. So uh, the Old Testament God got ticked off at uh, a variety of things. Um, 
What would I do if, if I if I was uh, voting in a Republican primary tomorrow? I would vote for uh, Ron DeSantis for president, but uh, that's uh, that's just my. You know what? So let me tell you, thing. I have great admiration for the man. I think what he's done in Florida is truly remarkable. Why do you feel that he has not done better? Is it a lack of charisma? Is it simply Trump is so dominant it doesn't matter? Or is there another reason? I think I think you got added in that second comment. Uh, if you're looking at the polling, one of the things you find is that uh, a large majority of Trump voters like DeSantis, and they do so even though he's... Trump has been insulting him in all these vague and I think rather unconvincing terms. And his, you know, $40 million of money has been placed, has been running negative ads against DeSantis and so forth. So um, while he's not a perfect candidate, I think he's broadly acceptable. And if you just imagine Trump disappearing from the scene in some benign way tomorrow, uh, I think DeSantis would be the candidate that's in there that would inherit most of his support. Polling tends to support that. Um, I think I'd give, a, I'd give a lot of the credit for Trump's current standing in the polls to a man who won an election by 8,828 votes, and that's named Albert Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of New York County, which is Man- the borough of Manhattan in New York City. He was elected district attorney when he won a Democratic primary in 2021 by that number of popular votes, pretty small number, uh, even in a Democratic primary, and uh, in one county. And uh, he, when he brought that indictment against uh, Donald Trump on March 30th on what I think are obviously spurious and ridiculous grounds, um, Trump was leading uh, DeSantis in polling for the Republican nomination by something like 46 to 29. Uh, I think any interpretation of the polls at that time, you would say, look, uh, DeSantis much less well-known, Trump under 50, uh, people can change their minds. A mm-hmm. lot of people can change their minds. All right, hold on primaries. there, Michael. I got it. It's a hard break. Uh, this is common sense par excellence. Back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.